0: Wikipedia is not the end-all be-all. I don't know if you have heard that before, what? but I, I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break that to you.
1: Sorry. Yeah, you should be.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And every other week, we discuss an episode of Stargate, beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? Okay. Ugh. Yeah, I know, Pepper. Let me try plugging my laptop back in, because I unplug it. The cord is cutting across Pepper, so I don't want to disturb her if I don't have to during (laughs) this podcast. Gotcha. Because she was like, come sit. I want to come sit with you. And then I was like, sure, you can, quote, sit with me. But now she's at my feet because I have a big table on top of me and she cannot get near me. And she's sad. And she also can't get on the blanket on the other side because I bundled it up. That's tragic. And she can't get down because I'm in the only spot where she feels comfortable getting down from.
1: Oh, my goodness. It's so hard to be a kitty. It's so hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Squishes. You're stuck. Everything's the worst. Kitty. Everything is the worst.
1: You so want to know when I finished watching this episode? When? <laughs> At 5.29. <laughs> <laughs> One minute before the, st- the scheduled start of our recording. <laughs> Let the record show it has only
0: been nine minutes since you finished <laughs> watching the episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm on top of things. Hey, I'm getting all my stuff done. It might not be in advance, but I'm getting everything done just barely in the amount of time it needs to be done in.
0: I did. Yeah, I did a little (laughs) bit better. I watched it last night, and then I was going to spend my time off time at work today, um, like reading through notes and being like, is there anything I want to look up? But then I kept falling into little rabbit holes about how, say, the Nestle Corporation is arguing in front of the Supreme Court that... They're not responsible for the people who supply their chocolate employing slave labor and things like that. And well, that's terrible. Then I'm like, oh, what does Nestle own? So many things, but it's okay. I could probably excise most of them from my life, with the exception of literally every cat food brand I have because
1: it's they own Purinas and Purina is everywhere. So that's (laughs) annoying. And once you like, if you've got a cat food brand that your cats eat, like they might not be amenable to switching brands
0: yeah my cats are old and i
1: they are set in their ways and i can't do that to them so potato uh, is also extremely picky about her cat food like we just had to throw out a bunch because she just won't eat turkey flavor anymore apparently (laughs) so she will now only eat shredded beef and it has to be frisky she will not eat pate she won't eat any flavor other than beef because she's annoying <laughs>
0: i'm sorry mine are not quite
1: that that bad and
0: actually i would say pepper and buddy right. if you see them by their size they are not picky eaters at all <laughs> 13 on the other hand i do not want to mess with any of her eating regime but also they're yeah. just old and i don't want to be like oh you can't have any of the foods you've enjoyed your literally entire your entire life yeah. well
1: I don't care that much about potatoes' mental well-being, <laughs> but I'm, that's obviously not true. But yeah, but the Mike like she's already a pretty skinny cat because she's got hyperthyroidism, and it's actually tough to keep enough weight on her. So if she keeps, stops eating because she doesn't like, like, normally I'd just be like, "Well, your cat will eat eventually when it's hungry." But for Potato, like <laughs> if she doesn't eat for a couple days, that means that she gets like. She would she would end up getting like scary skinny and she's already Yeah she's... skinny to begin with, so we really can't afford to have her losing any weight. Even with her on her medication, she still is a pretty skinny cat. She is a skinny cat. Yes. We give her a lot of food. Too. <laughs> we give her like twice as much food as I've ever had to give any cat that I've ever had. And that's actually down from the amount of food. She's actually getting about half as much food. She gets a can and a half a day, down from like three or four cans a day. Which she had been eating for a while, like she was just hungry all the time, and oh, she was man. so skinny. And we're like, all right, well, obviously four cans a day is not normal, so let's take her to the vet <laughs> yeah. to know what's going on.
0: <laughs> she must have had so many big poops. Um. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: Thankfully, I'm not the one that cleans the litter box. That's that's Jeff's job. Yay! But he tells me it was terrible. I actually don't know if it was fully four cans a day. I think it might have been up to. Th- it was at least two or three i mean
0: that's a that's still a lot of but that's still food, a lot yeah. especially
1: canned food like whew. right like i remember when i was younger our cats used to get like a half to a full can a day when i was a kid because i was the one that was feeding them and like they were they were healthy weight and one of them was actually chubby on that of course we used to also give them dry food which potato does not get nice
0: yeah no yeah, yeah. and also i think in order the other company that's involved is apparently like the largest privately owned company in the country and they're involved in all sorts of like industries in agriculture so i'm sure i probably have to stop eating like everything i eat Ugh. but i haven't looked into them yet i have not had time for that one yet
1: i read today <laughs> that oh is it shanghai i think that is going to be the first place to be offering fully lab-grown meat oh and so that's cool that so one day so maybe maybe one day we can eat lab-grown meat and vegetables that I grow myself if I ever learn how to actually take care of plants. Because uh, even though I know biology, I, <laughs> I am crappy with plants and I kill every plant. Aww. Ever. I am not a botanist. I would never be cut up to be a botanist. Man, I mean... <laughs>
0: I thought if you did one branch of any science, you were an expert in all of them, Mary. Yes, come on.
1: <laughs> of course. If Dr. Carter has taught us anything, <laughs> Dr. Captain Dr. Carter has taught us anything. <laughs> it's that if you know one science, you know them all. Absolutely. <laughs> I
0: did I did squeeze in a little Googling of the episode, so maybe okay. I'll have some fun facts or not. Hey, I like fun facts. <laughs> They're probably Jeez. not fun facts, so.
1: <laughs> so what are we watching today, Kathy? <laughs>
0: Today, we are uh, talking about the SG1 season one episode Hathor.
1: Episode 14. Thank you. Yes. By this numbering. Yes. Now that it's on Netflix, apparently Netflix is also using the air date. So it's just Hulu, I guess, that's doing their own thing with the episode airing order. For whatever reason. Whatever. Hmm. (laughs) Anyway, this episode opens on a Mayan pyramid. We hear a bunch of people talking, and they're trying to do some heavy labor, it sounds like. And when they zoom in, it turns out that they're trying to push open a door to this burial chamber. And they're shining their flashlights around and looking and find a sarcophagus sitting there. The person that seems to be the head archaeologist guy says that burial chambers in Mayan temples are super rare. And oh my goodness, there's Egyptian hieroglyphics on this one, despite the fact that it is in whatever country this is, Central America or so, because it's Mayan culture. And apparently, conveniently, this guy read an article by Dr. Daniel, Dr. (laughs) Dr. what was his name? Dr. Jackson, Dr. Daniel Jackson, who was laughed out of academia for saying ancient societies were interconnected. And the other archaeologist who is there is that like, well, that guy must have been right, because look, here's a picture of Hathor, in addition <laughs> to all these Egyptian hieroglyphics we're finding. Because apparently she, as somebody who specializes in Mayan culture, presumably, would know that this is a picture of Hathor uh, off the top of her head.
0: I mean, if we're going by the properties of Captain Dr. Samantha Dr. Carter, <laughs> it's yes. true.
1: Yes, all archaeologists know everything about all cultures. But also I mean, Daniel also Jackson. Dan- <laughs> even, like, Daniel Jackson is also evidence of that, yes. <laughs> we got there. Yes, we did. <laughs> so the first guy finds a gem, a glowy gem, I might add, that is just randomly glowing on its own, which I would think would mean maybe you don't want to touch it with your bare hand. He just
0: goes for it, though. But he
1: does. And it turns out that it's a lever, so he pulls on it, and the sarcophagus opens up, and it glows from inside, and we see that there's a fancy young lady in there, and she sits up and asks them, Where is Ra? <laughs> and then we realize that she's a gold, and she sparkle blings them. <sighs> Where is Ra? Come on. Good question. Well, we actually know that from the movie, but we won't tell her yet.
0: Um, is it appropriate to already talk about her very obvious wig? Yes! Yeah
1: it was so distracting it
0: is so i don't mind like i i guess i find wigs very distracting and i find it mm-hmm. hard
1: to focus on anything else when there's a very obvious wig in my face i agree i mean a wig is fine and i understand that a lot of people you know there might be reasons why people need to wear a wig for comfort or yeah you know hair loss issues but in on tv i've issues with distractingly bad wigs yeah. when i feel like i feel like that's not needed on television and in movies just so red and shiny and straight Um, i actually kind of liked the color and the style but like just the texture of it seemed to be all wrong yeah it was like barbie hair it was like barbie hair exactly um the other one the only the
0: other distract most distracting wig i feel like i ever saw was i think it was the first season of the blacklist the woman in that wore a wig i think it was the first season for like much of it and holy cow really somehow I don't remember noticing that. I might have noticed it. I'm pretty sure it was the first season. It was definitely early on in that show. Um, I blew through that really fast though, and barely remember any of it. But I remember her wig
1: because it was so shiny. Yeah, and then there's like all Star Trek episodes ever everywhere. That's true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I guess I should like put this in the same like on Star Trek. I feel like that's that's Star Trek. It's fine. So I feel like I should probably be like this with SG one (laughs) too. (laughs) Like yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that was my... She's She's got a distracting wig and I needed to put it out there. She does, and I agree. I was also distracted by it. So then we are in the SGC, in the gate room, in fact, which I feel like is that just a place where they put big things that don't fit <laughs> anywhere else? No. And also do random experiments, like in the the um, the episode uh, Cold Lazarus um, where they were, you know, shooting at crystals in there. Like, is there not any more appropriate place for these things to happen?
1: Yeah, that was my question, too. Why was the sarcophagus in that room in particular? Yeah. I mean, like, I know it's pretty big, but is it, like, also their storage facility? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but they said
0: that they were having a discussion standing over the sarcophagus about how it had gotten to them, basically. So... That the archaeologists who had discovered it had been killed. Uh, Mexico, and uh, Mexican authorities initially thought it was robber, grave robbers. But then someone realized, but probably not the guy who died, realized that <laughs> Daniel might be interested in this and
1: somehow tracks him down. Okay, see, yeah, I have lots of questions about everything that just yeah. happened. <laughs> so... How did they track him down when he is supposed to be dead and as a formerly dead person working on a top secret military project you would think that he would keep a pretty low profile because I got the impression that it wasn't actually the Mexican government tracking him down here, but that it was other archaeologists that's, on that guy's team that managed to track him down. That's what so I also understood, yes. They're not doing a very good job of keeping this whole thing top secret. That's oh, it's really weird. Like,
0: oh, he got drummed out of archaeology, so he settled down in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, or whatever. I don't right. know if it's the middle of nowhere. I actually don't know anything about Colorado, because no, I, I live I on the East about. Coast and haven't been there. Right. So <laughs> so apologies but, to Colorado if they're not in the middle of
1: nowhere. In that particular area. Yeah. I don't know where that particular (laughs) Cheyenne Mountain is, but... Um, yeah, so I guess at some point they must have then just retracted his death because, like, he was gone for a year, so the military would have filed a death certificate not, or something for him. Not only was he gone for a year, but then he died a second time. <laughs> and then, yeah, he's died multiple times and keeps coming back, so, like, I, I would think that, like, from all public records, he's got to be dead yeah, at this point. Yeah, I would have thought that it seems like it'd be most convenient to just yeah.
0: be like, yeah, he's dead,
1: so. right. Well, I, I did think it was funny that they specified that they sent it to Daniel because he was the only one looking into the cross-pollination of cultures. So I thought that that was rather cross-pollinization, he actually said. But I thought that that was rather funny that they're like, all right, well, that guy who everyone thinks is a crockpot must love this then. <laughs> but yeah, like we said, how would they have tracked him down if he's supposed to be dead and only is now like working in a top-secret facility?
0: It's also confusing because later... Carter references a uh, someone a website she finds online by an academic talking about how Hathor is like the same god in all cultures.
1: Yes, so clearly at least one other person was thinking about the same thing. Unless Daniel has a secret website up about that already. Yes, yeah, using a pseudonym because she yeah. did say the person's name and I don't remember what it was. But yeah, that is also an excellent point. Another question I had, though, is... Like they, they talked about how the guy's name was Kleinhouse. So they said that Kleinhouse and his associates were killed brutally, but that it was his associates outside who heard Kleinhouse talking about Daniel, which made them look into Daniel to see if Daniel might want the sarcophagus. So like, okay, so the guy gets killed brutally, and all of the people hanging out outside are just like, well. Peace out. We're not going to go and check on them to see if they need first aid or anything. We're not going to try to save their lives. We're just going to leave. I guess. And so why didn't Hathor then come out and kill them... Why didn't they try to go in and save Clan House or figure out what was going on? And why didn't Hathor go out and kill his associates? But instead, I guess they're just like, all right, well, something horrible is happening in there. So we're just going to leave and not worry about it. And then Hathor left. And then I guess the the Mexican military. Like, this whole timeline makes no sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> what must have happened. It makes no sense. It doesn't
0: make any sense.
1: <laughs> but they have it. They got it. But,
0: but here we are. We are here. And yes. they, have a, they have a sarcophagus. Which yes. they, you know, are like, oh, this probably belonged to a gold.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, because Jack and Daniel recognize it as yeah. a resurrection thingy, you know, like the, the, the resurrection sarcophagus from the movie. Yeah.
0: They do recognize that there is no one in it at the moment.
1: Yes. Oh, which, <laughs> <whoa, laughs> <That is good.
0: laughs> which, you know, funnily enough, then uh, an airman comes in to report that someone has been arrested trying to get into the facility. And they're like, was it no Hammond? I think was like <laughs> yeah. It was this Hammond. happens. This happens a lot. I mean, what do you want me to do? Like they'll, yeah, it's fine. And then let the police handle. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a her. But it's a her, <laughs> and not only is it a her, her knows about the Stargate. Her doesn't know <laughs> about the Stargate. <laughs> so maybe maybe you want to deal with that one, uh, General. <laughs>
1: Uh, And then we get credits. We do. (laughs) After the credits, SG-1 and Hammond go to the holding cell where the her is being kept. (laughs) We could probably (laughs) probably start using her name because now she introduces herself as Hathor. So it is the same lady from the crypt. We do recognize her face. She's wearing a trench coat. Hammond asks who she is and she says, we are Hathor. Bow down before your goddess. And it did strike me as weird that Hathor was referring to herself as We here, because on the surface that would seem to be an acknowledgement that she is both Gua'uld and host in one, but I guess that she's supposed to be using the fancy Royal We in this particular situation. That's how I took it. Yeah. You want to talk about your Royal We research here? Oh, my Royal
0: We research? <laughs> my Royal We research. My
1: royal we research. Would it just be royal research as a Portmanteau? <laughs> yes, no? yes, the royal <laughs> research. <laughs>
0: so my royal research, uh, basically, consisted of me going to Wikipedia and going, oh, this is what monarchs use when they're referring to themselves. They refer to themselves as we, because we. because reasons yeah. maybe it's the royal (laughs) (laughs) and they just want to have fun they're just having fun all the time (laughs) I like that that's delightful
1: (laughs) of course Daniel recognizes the name Hathor and Jack and Daniel together establish the fact that she is apparently the Egyptian goddess of sex drugs drugs, rock and roll roll. in a manner of speaking and then Daniel gets all huffy because she's being kept in handcuffs which at first kind of surprised me because they, they were just talking about how this was old technology that they found. So I was assuming that they were figuring that this person who suddenly knew where the Stargate was right after they've got this new piece of old tech probably has something to do with it. But I guess they haven't put that together yet at this point. So he thinks she's just some innocent damsel that they've locked up in handcuffs because, I mean, she was still... Doing a crime by trying to break into a top secret base, so yeah, she should have handcuffs <laughs> yeah. on, Daniel. But anyway, he convinces everyone that it's okay to unlock her, and he's like, "What's she gonna do? Beat us up?" Which is uh pretty sexist because there are some pretty badass ladies out there who have some very serious beating upping skills oh, yeah. because, like, they've got many years of military or martial arts training or whatever. So yeah, don't underestimate her, Daniel, just because she's a woman. Damn right. So that annoyed me anyway. So he apologizes to her as he takes her handcuffs off and it made me groan and thought it was a stupid scene. (laughs) Hathor tells Daniel that his efforts will not go unrewarded and she thanks him and kisses his hand and blows some pixie dust on his hand. (laughs) And Hammond asks what she's doing there. Hathor says that she was drawn to the Chapa Eye. And so Jack says that that's what people call us the Stargate on Julak. And Daniel also points out that uh, Abedonian and Egyptian people as well. So I guess a lot of people are calling this thing of the chop And we have heard that in the series before. Yeah. She says that she knew that it, she was, that it was there because she was drawn to it. And she asks where Ra is. And Daniel is about to tell her when Hammond yells at him, need, need to, to know. <laughs> so then Daniel's like, no, Ra's just a myth. He, he's not real. And so Jack asks Hathor, Miss Hathor as he calls her, how she knew that the Chapai was there and she says that it gave power to our father and our husband, which is super nasty because Daniel then explains that Ra was supposedly both Hathor's father and husband and that Ra corrupted her.
0: <laughs> that that was kind of weird. So when I was reading about it a little bit online, it huh. sounds like kind of yes, but kind of no. Like apparently there's some Horace mixed in there where Horace was her mate or yeah and then apparently at some point Horace and Ron merge, not literally but like in yeah in the culture figuratively in the culture so then she kind of becomes both mate and mom I or she was the mother I can't remember who she was the mother of but she was the mother of one of
1: them and like yeah so it was weird but yeah it's still I mean I know incestuous relationships were fairly common back then but mostly for like a power play thing and then I it's been a long time i used to be fascinated by egypt and studied it a fair amount but i'm you know only as an interest a side interest not like at school or anything but i thought that it was really only ever like siblings that were married to each other in royal levels and not necessarily like parents and their children that were married which is even extra disturbing
0: yeah so anyway yeah that was
1: uh yeah (laughs) So, Hathor takes great offense to the suggestion that she's corrupted and says that she is not corrupted. She is actually, or we are, the mother of all pharaohs. And Hammond and Jack step aside for a second. Jack says that he thinks that maybe someone should contact mental health about her, which, like, they're still. Not putting together the fact that she knows that it's called the Eye and they know that they just have this new piece of Guauld technology, and somebody was killed horribly, violently right near yeah. it. So, like, you would think they'd be able to put all of this together that maybe this Guauld technology actually had a Guauld hanging around by it, yeah and it's the reason those people died, and now she's here. So, yeah, apparently they're they're pretty dense this episode. So no, they think that she's still just some random person who is rather mentally unstable rather than realizing that she is in fact a gold. So Hammond tells Daniel to keep questioning her and try to learn more about her. <laughs> and, then, and then as he's about to leave Hathor says, you with the crown of marble. <laughs> <laughs> you are the ruler here. Uh, that really made me laugh. <laughs> he's a very bald man. So yes. that was just... <laughs> you with a crown of marble. She asks if she can take his hand to bless it with fertility and joy. And Hammond's like, nah, I'm good. Thanks, though. <laughs> but Daniel convinces Hammond to let her do it. So she kisses his hand and blows more fairy dust on his hand. Uh, and then he he leaves, but he looks back at her and she gives him a knowing, sultry look. And then after Jack and Daniel never know else have left, She gets all glowy-eyed and asks Daniel where Ra is. And, of course, Daniel is now suddenly realizing she's a ghoul and says that Ra is dead and that he was killed. And Hathor is apparently delighted and is even happier still when she finds out that it was the Earthlings here that have killed him. And she says that they owe them a great debt of gratitude and says that Daniel can now be her new beloved. And so she takes off her trench coat, and she's wearing a fancy Egyptian getup underneath. And then she comes up and blows more fairy dust on Daniel's mouth, and then kisses him. Fun times. Yep. Love that. She's Got an infin- infinite supply of that fairy dust. Love apparently, that fairy like, dust like a hamster with a pouch in their mouth. <laughs> she keeps fairy dust in a random. So I was pouch wondering, like
0: maybe maybe a few particles of the fairy dust got out while she was just talking to them and maybe that's why they weren't like oh you just used a gould word yeah i don't know but
1: well that was what i had thought initially because I, ha- I couldn't remember exactly how it was that she took control over everyone so i was like oh maybe she just already has control over them but then when they show her like blowing this pink dust on people
0: yeah, I mean... then
1: it's clear that it, they weren't immediately under her control yeah. as soon as they stepped in the room, unless, like, yeah, maybe she just like has an aura about her, I guess, that extends beyond her fairy dust capabilities, like Pigpen from uh, Peanuts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just like that. Just can't see it the way you can. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: And now in my head, she's dancing in Charlie Brown
1: uh, <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> yes. Charlie Brown style dancing. Yes. <laughs> that's a fantastic mental image. <laughs>
0: so we are in the conference room with the whole gang. I think Jack, Sam, Teal'c, mm. and Hammond. Yes, that's that's the gang, right? Indeed, except for Daniel, because he's with Hathor. Right. Wow. It took me a while to get there. But comes in eventually. (laughs) Yes. Most of the gang is there to begin with. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, Jack's arguing that nobody will believe her crazy story about a Stargate. And Teal'c wants to know rightly how she possibly knows this. So Daniel comes in to join the conversation and says he's figured out how she would know these things. Mm -hmm. And it's either that she studied her mythology very carefully or she's actually lived it. I know. How is that possible? Well, he says <laughs> she's a gould.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Who would have thought? No. <laughs>
0: and again, rightly really, the gang is kinda like, What?
1: Yeah, How they're all like, No, no.
0: that's not possible. <laughs> yeah. So apparently she's been laying in stasis in her sarcophagus for thousands of years.
1: Yes. In this Mayan temple. How did she get there? They never address no. how she got there, but I guess that she was supposedly around everywhere, which they do talk about later, and that's yeah. not really a spoiler. So yeah, all right, whatever.
0: So Daniel believes that this is actually the Hathor of Egyptian lore, yes, um, or the Ghoul who took on that persona, correct, um, and that he's 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 basically explaining her perspective right now. He says that she feels indebted to us for killing Ra and that she was actually a friend of humanity the entire time she was here um, like it says in the book of the dead
1: if we if there's one thing we've learned from Tilk at this point it's that there are in fact some guauld <laughs> that are good oh yeah <laughs> he has never been adamant to the contrary of that <laughs> no no <laughs> she's
0: here to help us though absolutely yeah. And he elaborates that this means he wants to protect them from Apophis and the other other evil ghouls.
1: <laughs>
0: just, I mean, he just sounds crazy at this point. Like, yes, he does. Um, <laughs> Carter is extremely skeptical throughout this exchange. Um, yes. <laughs> Daniel, though, instead of like addressing anything that she's saying, starts to only focus on Hammond. And he says he thinks that they should let Hathor come in and explain everything. Jack is like, no. Uh, <laughs> but Daniel keeps zeroing in literally walking in closer to him and and addressing him and being like I think you sense what I do that she's a friend. And then <laughs> and then they were
1: making eyes at each other. They like-
0: are and Daniel's flash pink for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice the chime sounds too? I missed that. Oh. <laughs>
1: But I did, I, did, I this is the first time I think watching it I caught the pink eyes on Daniel so that I actually didn't, didn't notice that because I was so <laughs> distracted and tickled by the chimes that well, were going on
0: His eyes flashed a little pink it's uh, yeah. yeah that's pretty
1: ridiculous
0: Hammond's like yes actually I do believe this and we should invite her down and have a chat um over both Sam and Jack's objections <laughs> yes and and Tilks as he says of he's course. yet to meet a good gold and Hammond's like you just served the wrong one maybe <laughs> which again cool nice bonkers. nice way to be
1: dismissive to poor Teal'c.
0: and sam at least they uh uh take her advice to close the blast door so she can't see the stargate but I, yeah. i'm not sure exactly what
1: that accomplishes because she knows the gate is there but right i guess they just didn't want her to know exactly where but yeah I think she probably could have figured it out eventually. Yeah,
0: I mean, they didn't know that she was busy taking over all the men at this point. So this is true. Who could have predicted it? Yeah, who could? Have? Nobody. Nope. So then Hathor walks down the stairs into. Wait. Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, I, finish your sentence. I was going to ask a question, oh. but I'll wait. And... I thought you were finished with your sentence. Will it, will
0: it have to be? Why is she not accompanied by literally anyone? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> that that was the rest of my sentence (laughs) yeah okay like did he just keep her like upstairs out of sight and be like wait here till i give you the okay or right (laughs) like yeah
1: that makes no sense and yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) and i assume there were supposedly guards with her at some point
1: yeah she was locked in a room (laughs) well they did didn't she convince them not to leave guards with her or is that no later yeah that's later yeah okay
0: it's super weird yeah but yeah so she just comes down the stairs out of nowhere and thanks them for allowing her into their court hammond is very smiley
1: and adoring in this scene (laughs) and like the whole time anytime he interacts with her he's got like this really doofy expression on his face jack and
0: carter aren't pleased but hathor has a little sneaky plan to deal with this and that she wants some water. And Hammond orders Jack to give her water.
1: <laughs> Which, seeing is Hammond is like fawning over her, I'm surprised that Hammond didn't jump to do it himself. Well, or maybe it was just a show of power that he could command someone else to I do I feel it. like
0: that's probably it. He's yeah. like, I'm the alpha male around here.
1: If you're looking for
0: a new beloved, look yeah. over here. <laughs> you, you like those of the marble crown, correct? <laughs> so... Uh, he's trying to hand her this water, um, and she's talking about um, how she's, again, grateful for them killing Ra. She takes this opportunity to take Jack's hand and put it on her chest first, and then give him a little uh, uh, burst of the, the pixie dust. Mm-hmm. Jack kind of looks away and seems a little confused, and then ends up sitting down. <laughs> yes. Teal'c is like, she is a gould. <laughs> and she recognizes him as a Jaffa servant of Apophis, which again, Teal'c, as he always says, he's no longer in service of the gould. Right. And Hathor says that we despise all that Ra and Apophis and their kind do and believe. And we, again, is the royal we, not her yes. army of goulds who hate the bad goulds or anything right. like that. And then they kind of have, like, she she has an art, you know, enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of, like, thing, and Teal'c's like, I will serve no gold. And so she tries to pink kiss him, too. <laughs> <laughs> pink kiss. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pink kiss. <laughs> I, it came up as different things in my notes. I don't know. <laughs> I was
1: going to try to make a, a portmanteau of that, but then it would just be business. <laughs> and that's a very different thing. <laughs> yes, it is. So no, let's not make a portmanteau of that one. <laughs> she,
0: she pixie dusts him too.
1: <laughs> Daniel's like,
0: what do you think? And Hammond's like adoringly says that they should welcome her. And, you know, finally Carter's like, I have a problem with this. Yes. Good, Carter. You should have a problem with yeah. this. Yeah. So Hathor and Carter then meet, even though they've been standing in the same room. And they both exchange how beautiful they are with one another. <laughs> they do. <laughs> this is not
1: important. I don't even know why. <laughs> but... <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. I especially like that Sam is like, uh thanks
0: <laughs> yeah she was you know polite about it <laughs> she was but then also wants to keep her under house arrest yeah hammond interjects and tells her not to be impolite to a guest of this facility and carter is like that doesn't make sense and appeals to o'neill for backup and then hammond's like i'm in command of this facility not colonel o'neill <laughs> Despite all evidence, despite to the all evidence to the contrary, <laughs> yeah. where he he's the figurehead and O'Neill just does whatever he wants. I don't <laughs> right. We've seen
1: this on many many occasions. Yeah. So I also thought that was really funny.
0: And so Carter is like, she has all you guys under a spell, and Hammond's getting angry, questioning my orders, and she's like, actually, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she asks Jack for backup again, and he's like. Yeah, I'll back you up if I think there's a problem, which means that enough time has elapsed since uh the pixie dust landed on him to take effect, mm-hmm. and Hammond is gratified by O'Neill's
1: agreement. Which I thought yeah. I thought was weird because like he shouldn't need Jack to back him up, but Hammond's like, "Thank you, Colonel," yeah. and it's like, <laughs> you, you, no, <laughs> you, you should you shouldn't need to have him backing you. Yeah, up. but but that just again shows that Hammond really kind of always <laughs> defers to O'Neill yeah. for everything. And she's going to get a tour of the facility now. Mm-hmm. Good for her. The top secret facility. Yep. Definitely want to be giving well, she, new strangers a tour. She's a guest. Of this place. She's a good yeah. gould. Friend to humanity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I did like the uh, kind of take that bitch look that Hathor gave to Sam yeah. as she was leaving the room. Nice. <laughs> and Sam was like totally appalled that they were about to give Hathor a tour yeah. of the facility. As they should be. Or
0: she should yes. be. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. In the next scene, apparently it's not just Hammond giving a tour, but Jack and Daniel are also there. And they walk into this rather lavishly appointed room. And apparently this is their guest quarters. They have fancy guest quarters there that they are going to give to Hathor. And they mention that they're going to leave some guards outside, but they're going to leave her to kind of do her own thing and relax on her own. But then Hathor wants to know if those guards are going to be there to protect the facility or to protect... Us, meaning her. Hmm. And so she then blows in Hammond's face, (laughs) her pink fairy dust. And he's like, nah, you don't need guards. It's all good. And Jack does actually try to object, but then she blows in his face as well. And he also backs down. (laughs) So all the guys go to leave, but she asks Daniel to stay because she says she has more questions to ask him. And apparently the questions she has for him are like a loyalty oath. Because it is time that Daniel become the Chosen One. And so Hathor asks if he will always honor her. And of course he says yes. And then Hathor asks if he will die for her. And Daniel hesitates for a second. He's like, die? And I'm like, yeah, of course! <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah. Then we're out in some random hallway. This had a lot of walk and talk hallways in this particular yeah. episode. So in some random hallway... Sam finds Jack and says that she wants to talk to him about Hathor. And Jack's like, yeah, she's super fascinating. And Sam says that she's concerned that she has uh, all of you infatuated. And Jack's like, us? (laughs) And Sam's like, yeah, all the men. And we really shouldn't be distrusting of some random Gua'uld that comes into the facility just because she says she's on our side. So they argue a little bit about that back and forth. And Jack basically just dismisses her saying that she's being paranoid and that hathor is totally trustworthy and everything's totally fine and then he just leaves her there and is like nope just deal with it everything's cool (laughs) a little bit later in the gate room hathor is talking to her new beloved daniel and asks what questions are on his mind and he is totally fanboying out over her and talking about how He read about her in history, and now he finally gets to meet her in real life, and it's so exciting. And he heard rumors that she could control men with her beauty, and blah blah blah. And then Hathor starts talking to the gate itself. Yeah, she does. Which is weird. (laughs) She tells it that she is pleased to see it and calls it old friend and uh that she's looking forward to it serving her again soon because you know this is a totally a normal conversation yep. to have with an inanimate object <laughs> then she asks daniel if he believes that it's true that she is in fact able to control men with her beauty and of course daniel is like yeah totally <laughs> and hathor says that we are the queen of the gods the mother of all gods and daniel asks what that means and apparently what it means is that all glow larvae come from her or from others like her and so even though daniel's under her spell right now he actually looks pretty appalled at this new knowledge he has got just gotten
0: maybe he's worried he killed a bunch of her babies (laughs)
1: <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe he doesn't care that she's the one making them, but maybe he's just upset that. Oh, I hope she doesn't find yeah, out. About maybe that. they probably weren't her babies, so they probably weren't. <laughs> that doesn't yeah, make sense considering it's been two thousand years. They probably <laughs> were not specifically her babies. That is probably. Her.
0: Then we find uh, Sam sitting at a computer, um and Doctor Fraser comes in to her, and they have a conversation where they're like. Have you noticed how strange the men are acting? And they're like, yes, holy cow. And it's apparently, you know, tied into the arrival of Hathor, they realize. So Sam is doing some research on her on the net, (laughs) which is very 90s. That
1: was really funny, too. (laughs) It's a very, very 90s way to refer to the internet. I'm researching on the (laughs) net. net. At least she didn't call it the World Wide Web. That's true. <laughs> it was a super 90s looking page that they showed, too. I, well, miss, I missed the funny. page. I don't know how it I made missed me funny. it. it made... but... Oh, yeah. They they totally showed the page. And it absolutely reminded me of, like, I actually took a course learning HTML. <laughs> and it just looked exactly like the kind of crappy website that I made taking that class in college. <laughs> Is this, uh, like, really? Not in the 90s, but, you know, not, not too far after really, the 90s either. Really bright backgrounds
0: <laughs> and a lot of, like...
1: It actually wasn't bright oh, backgrounds, okay. but it was like that patterned, that like the kind of patterned background that you can put oh. when you have like a repeating color <laughs> yep. pattern. Okay, and like the the bad looking text, and yeah, nice. that. okay, okay, nice. All right. <laughs> yeah. Back before photorealism on a computer screen was really a yeah. thing. <laughs> that she did find
0: an academic website um, theorizing that the different sex goddesses. From all ancient cultures, were actually the same woman. What? Um, and she I throws out some names Aphrodite, Ishtar, Dardae yeah. of Ceres of Rome. And they were all very beloved, which I feel like, yeah, they're like goddesses of sex and they're moms also. And yep. like, they're very, yeah, feminine, nurturing. Those are the words I'm looking yeah. for. Except for, she says, there was one exception for a late period of ancient Egypt where she was sent by Ra to destroy mankind. I did like Dr.
1: Fraser's comment that Hathor really gets oh. around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, this sounds like a pretty good lifestyle to me. <laughs> yeah. So she, anyway. She
0: got around, except for this one yeah. time when Ra was going to have her kill mankind but then she says he changed his mind and the two of them became
1: enemies. But yeah. So that actually right there shows that she's been lying because right. they wouldn't have become enemies if she had an issue with not killing people the way Ra apparently asked her to not kill people. Yeah.
0: So I, when I was looking through her Wikipedia article, I could not find mm-hmm. anything about this. But I did find on some other encyclopedia uh, site on the net that... What? There was a tale where Ra was having a, the goddess of war Sekhmet, uh, do that destruction for them. But then when he changes his mind, when he realizes all of humanity would be destroyed, she does. They don't become enemies, but he just he stops her by getting her drunk, and then, um, (laughs) cool. And then when she woke up, she she was transformed into a loving and kind goddess. Is what this says. So I didn't find it in the Hathor one, but again, with all of these very old myths, it's all very jumbled and coming from different sources and whatnot, but I thought that was
1: pretty funny. I was like, yep. I always stopped my killing when I got drunk, so. Absolutely. Speaking of which, not that I'm drunk now, but I am drinking a beer that I have almost snorted out my nose twice when (gasps) I started laughing when you were saying something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I forgot I brought, I
1: have an an A beer over here that I meant to, yeah. I had one earlier today, and then I moved on to the actual beer as soon as I was done for the <laughs> day with actual work. I'm out of the actual
0: beer, but I forgot I brought this over, and now we're gonna, oops, yeah, crack there it we open.
1: Go. Yeah. Fabulous!
0: What is it? It's a Athletic Brewing Company's Dark and Gordy Pumpkin Porter. I have left.
1: Oh, nice! Yeah. I the one I had before was Rise by Athletic mm. Brewing, which was tasty. I like and Rise too. I am now drinking the last of the Imperial Stout Troopers that you <sighs> left at my house. A while back when we were doing a fire in the backyard.
0: I love that beer so much. It's so good. Yeah. I wonder if they have any left.
1: I I drank all mine, too. It's delicious. It's 9.5%, though, so I've been drinking it very slowly. (laughs) I actually started drinking it before I watched the episode. Nice. And that always takes me, like, twice as long as a regular watcher would. And then, of course, we're, like, you know, a ways into the recording here. So I've been drinking it quite slowly. That's
0: good. Nice, slow one. delicious. Well, yeah. anyway, a good slow sipper. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it is a good one. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So
0: Carter keeps explaining that the female goddess figures had magical powers over men, in almost every case, they were described as being drunk within her presence. Dr. Fraser said that's how I describe our boys. <laughs> and Carter thinks it's some sort of gold technology, perhaps. And Fraser says that she thinks it could be. Super pheromones mixed with sodium pentothal and airborne delivery system, which I don't know anything about any of those things, and I didn't look them up. So
1: I actually don't really either, and I figured it'd probably just annoy me if I did look them up. So I also and I was like, yeah, I'll just go with that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I
0: I think I've looked up sodium pentothal before a long time ago because it's mentioned in a They Might Be Giants song. Shockingly, yeah. it's like
1: supposed truth serum. It's not like a real truth serum, but it's like the closest thing that we have to truth serum. I don't. I think. Yeah.
0: I don't think the song that I that it's in sounds like it would be a truth serum, but that is also a song by artists who are not scientists
1: or anyone who would use sodium pentothal. But they do love science and have a whole album about it. Science is real. I love and have played for my niece and nephew on many occasions. It's and is actually the only children's music I will ever play for them if they want to listen to music in my presence.
0: Welcome to our Stargate slash they might be giants podcast with Kathy and
1: Barry. Stargates and Bingy. And... They Stargates and Bing They might Yeah.
0: <laughs> they might be gate traveling. I don't know. <laughs> They might be aliens. Fabulous. I don't know. They might be gold. They might be gold. Gold Boy. They might
1: be gold. They might be rain. They might be. They might be frying up a stock of (laughs) weed. That could be. (laughs) We might be gold. That could be this episode. I don't know. Super pheromone. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously pheromones are a real thing. Yeah. A super pheromone? and yeah, whatever. I'm not going yep. nope. to worry about it. Um, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to try to be less insufferable about the science in these episodes, I promise. Uh, it no, probably no. won't work, but I'm going to try. <laughs> I definitely wasn't, you
0: know, trying to
1: lead you anywhere on that.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> um. So they, they don't think they have time to, you know, figure out how to fix this problem
1: so they have to neutralize hathor instead in the guest quarters now known as hathor's quarters uh, okay i know that this is nerdy but it did annoy me that said how do you create larva which is the singular because larvae would be plural uh. so he should have said how do you create larvae and i'm like i'm not going to mention that i'm not going to mention that but i'm mentioning it mention it now because it. it just really annoyed me anyway he said how do you create larvae and hathor said that first We need the code of life from the juices of the species Uh, (laughs) intended as the host. And that's just such a gross way of wording it. Yes, it it is. And so Daniel's like, code of life? And Hathor tells him that it's (laughs) to ensure compatibility. And he's like, oh, so you mean DNA? Yes, Daniel, DNA, of course. And then she starts talking about how fun it is to get that code of life juice. from the human species and she takes off his glasses and makes it quite clear that she wants his juices specifically <laughs> and daniel does hesitate and is like you want me to help make more guawolds he does try to resist but then she blows pixie dust in his face and that makes this a pretty rapey scene because yep. she is now essentially drugging him in order to have sex with him so that's problematic yep. And but you know that's not what we're here to talk about. So she so we'll move on and just say that she says she's going to keep him by her side for all eternity. End scene. Gross. Yes. Agree. Problematic scene. Yeah. Didn't like it. Agreed.
0: Moving on. Moving on into a less gross area. The ladies of the SGC are gathered together and are gearing up for a fight. So Carter and uh, Dr. Fraser have changed into camouflage whatever outfit that yeah. they have and there's a couple of other women
1: there and it sorry go, what were you gonna say i was just gonna i was just laughing because i was gonna be like what was up with those two ladies in the background i was gonna <laughs> yes okay thank you
0: because i was trying to yeah. count how many women were actually in the room there were seven i got eight.
1: Oh, you did so okay I, got, I might have missed one because at first i only got six so. so
0: i got carter and fraser um i think there mm-hmm. were three women in fatigues. Yeah. Then there was a woman in some sort of like sweatery looking uniform in the background. Uh Somebody with a lab coat. And then through the through
1: the through the other women I kind of got the glimpse of a woman in a suit. Oh okay. I missed the sweatery lady. So I saw the five in fatigues, the suit lady and the lab coat lady, but I didn't (laughs) see the one in a sweater. Six seven eight
0: (laughs) But yeah what was What's going on? I don't know, but those those three who were not dressed to go just disappear for the rest of the episode. They, so. Yeah, they do. So
1: why were they even there? <laughs> to show there were more than five women on base. <laughs> I guess so. Say look, we've got these other token ladies. <laughs> it's just
0: Yeah. I actually yeah, I stopped and
1: like paused it and was like looking around and I'm like, Oh yeah, I gotta, gotta find all these people. I rewatched the scene a couple times just to see if I could try to actually figure out how many there I'm were. I'm
0: glad we both got to play Count the Women. That was fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, um, so anyway, yeah. so Carter's giving everyone sort of the lowdown. You know, Hathor is a gold, and they don't know what kind of weapons she might have. And, you know, or so she hands out some guns Apparently, they store the guns in the lab, which is yeah. where they seem to be. And she says that they need lots of weaponry and they need to come at her from multiple flanks. Yep, so that's the plan. So, yeah, so they have a total of what five women who are gonna go do this thing, including Dr. Frazier, who literally hasn't touched a gun in years. But you just point and shoot, yeah, just so point it's fine. and shoot. It's fine. <laughs> They're like, try not to harm the dudes. They didn't
1: say it that way, that would be weird. No, they mostly did, and I was mostly laughing because of what happens now. Teal comes in. <laughs> and they all draw their guns yeah, on him. They do. <laughs> just after she said, let's not hurt the, da- the, du- the dads. The dudes. Let's not hurt the dudes, but let's all draw our weapons on Teal yes. when he comes in. I thought
0: that seemed a bit excessive. <laughs> yes. Teal comes upon the gun show here, and... Especially because he- <laughs> yes he was unarmed so. he was unarmed he did yeah. he had his
1: arms out to show how unarmed he was and yeah he was in yeah. fact holding his hands out and open
0: yep so he's here to talk about hathor because he thinks she's a problem too and they're like well the men are all under hathor's control and you're a man and teal is handy uh internal hagfish who is keeping him safe <laughs> from hathor's uh yes pixie dust Indeed. So, he uh, says they need to stop her and that he thinks Hathor is a queen, which we've already learned, but this is the first time they're learning that. And that the base will become a nest from which she will populate the earth with new gold. I cannot permit this to happen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One thing I thought was interesting, too, is that he seemed maybe i'm reading too much into it but i thought he seemed to imply that he thought that queens like that were only a myth or was i just reading into that
0: um i did not pick up on that but
1: i also oh, okay. you know maybe i'm also misremembering what happened all of like an hour ago. i
0: don't pick up on things anyway sometimes it's just it's, you know so then so they're all in it together at this point though so she yeah. gets a gun too yes you get a gun and you get a gun and you get a gun except for you other three ladies (laughs) who just disappear you probably don't need guns (laughs) who we never see again
1: you're probably fine. yeah Yeah. out in the hallway again another hallway scene another walk and talk hallway scene to be specific dr fraser sam and Teal'c are all patrolling sam and dr fraser both have their guns drawn but for whatever reason Teal'c is just pointing his up at the ceiling and dr fraser asks is this really necessary she mentions that somebody is bound to come on base at some point and figure out what's going on and kind of, I guess, her implication is that that person would then save the day. Yeah, I think so. Or something, but Sam says, well, if they're male, they're going to fall right under his control and when is the last time you saw a new woman get aside here? Ooh, Good point, yeah. Sam. So they bust through a door and that door turns out to be the doorway leading into the guest chamber Daniel's just sitting there staring into space and apparently their juices exchange was pretty vigorous because the lamp behind him is knocked over and like the bed is all askew and
0: I did notice that and ew
1: yeah <laughs> and so Sam tries to, to talk to him but he's just kind of staring into space completely out of it and another woman comes in and says that they have found Hathor so they, um, they go to the locker room they do
0: they walk into the tiled area of the locker room so i guess there are like showers and stuff there Mm -hmm. but we find hathor in i don't know what these like little hot tubs are called i don't know if they have a special name or anything she's in a hot bath yeah um (laughs) you can hear her her baby shrieking in the bath she opens her eyes uh as they approach and says rental knock or something like that and a bunch of men led by Hammond and O'Neill come and stand right in front of her, and they're all there to
1: protect her from these ladies. Hmm. And then another guy comes up behind them. Yeah. And so they are now surrounded. They are surrounded. Both in front and behind, and they are disarmed and locked. Yes. Up. Hathor is pleased, and she closes
0: her eyes and goes back to her bath. Yes. Or whatever package.
1: Yeah. It was also gross. I agree. Agree. In lockup, Sam says that there must be some pretty powerful stuff that Hathor is using because Jack has special forces training against mind control techniques. And Dr. Frazier is like, well, not gold mind techniques, apparently. Ooh. So then they get into a conversation about Dr. Fraser's terrible ex-husband. <laughs> at that point, and how completely unsupportive he was of her being in this man's army. And Sam is like, for real? Because, first, this isn't the army. And they're discussing, of course, the fact that it's the Air Force, and women have been allowed in for decades after yeah. that.
0: I tried to look up this man's army, the origins of that phrase. Oh, yeah? The origins are mysterious. Yeah. So I have nothing... I have heard it before. Yes. and So, like, the very small number of sites that I found reference to people trying to figure out origins from were also confused and had heard the phrase. And, in fact, some of them had been in, like basic training and said that they were told like, no, in this men's army, you don't do this and you don't do that. But that's the only context in which Hmm. I could hear they, or that they used it in a sentence that made sense where you could guess what it means. But then there were other people who were like, maybe it's this. And so there's no, there's no clear origin on that one.
1: Weird. Interesting. Maybe. Quite interesting. (laughs) Sam goes on to say that she can't figure out how to just be one of the guys even on her own team, and that she always feels like the girl. And She literally is the girl in
0: this show. Anyway. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and um, Frazier suddenly says that she knows how to get them out of there. If this control drug is actually hormone-driven like she suspects, then maybe it's making the men something that took me multiple listens and then also a closed caption to figure <laughs> out. Libidinous. Yes, I kept thinking that she said the bidness, and I was like, "What is she talking about?" They're gonna give him what the it... business, <laughs> exactly. which is a very Liz, Liz Lemon way of saying that. I think. Good God, Lemon! Yes, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Who talks like that?" Libidinous. Just say, "Yeah."
0: The business. Horny.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We get it. Libidinous. <laughs> So Sam says, why do I get a feeling I don't like where this is going?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So meanwhile, uh, Jack enters uh, Hathor's quarters and says he's got some questions for her. She's got him off balance, which is not usual for him. (laughs) Hathor reiterates again that he's the one who's responsible for killing Vile Ra and But Jack's like, I want to ask questions. And Hathor ignores that. And is like, I want to give you a great honor. So she pinks him up real good. (laughs) To shut him up. Yes. (laughs) And then she, you know, she opens his shirt up. Ooh. But ew. Mm -hmm. Um, Takes off her top to reveal she's got a big belly button sparkle bling. (laughs) She does.
1: Also, she's wearing, like, a metal bikini, so yeah. she's not just topless outside. Oh, yeah, that. sorry. <laughs> it was very Princess Leia yeah, that's in Return right. of the Jedi. <laughs> but, but with the belly button I didn't wind. even think of how I was saying that.
0: Um, <laughs> so she uh, she touches it against his belly mm. and, you know, embraces him and tells him not to worry. And she blings him good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It blings him so Let hard. go of
0: yourself. <laughs> you will enjoy the good health and long life that goes with being our first new Jafar. dunno. i know. And Jack is, you know, laying in a sweaty daze on the ground at that point, and we get to see his belly where he has a pouch.
1: Yep. Yep, I hated that. It was gross. Yeah, it was very gross. In the holding cell. Sam says that seduction wasn't in any of her training manuals, but Dr. Fraser's like, yeah, well, the Pentagon didn't really expect ancient aliens to come around and make men. Sam says, the bitterness. <laughs> <you mean?" laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Fraser says, yes, that's what I mean. And Sam says, well, I guess we have been trained to take advantage of the enemy's weakness. So Dr. Frasier bangs on the door and tells the guards outside that they have something for them. And the guard's like, what? And Dr. Fraser's like, come in and see for yourself. And the guard's like, nah, we only take orders from Hathor. So Dr. Frasier tells him that there's five lonely ladies in there that might need some extra help. (laughs) And Sam mentions that she feels like she's a woman in a behind bars movie. (laughs) (laughs) Which I also thought was a weird way of wording that. Yes. So the guard, the guards come in and are all excited and are like, what are you suggesting? So Frasier comes up and kisses one of them. And another guard comes up to Sam and she like caresses his face before then elbowing him square in the face, which <laughs> I enjoyed that part. And they get the guard's weapons and manage to break their way out of the holding cell. Woo! Woo indeed. Two women
0: are walking down the corridors and they're stopped by a male soldier who uh, is hit from behind. And then... Hammond pulls out his gun behind the women yes. and tell her, it, "I told her to drop her weapon." And then he is hit on the head
1: <laughs> by Carter. Yes, <laughs> multiple people getting attacked. From it was behind. it was a lot. Yeah. Whee
0: <laughs> What a predicament! And then uh, Carter's a little bit concerned that she might be uh, court-martialed at some point.
1: My career's over.
0: After <laughs> Frasier yeah. fixes him, as she says she can. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So they grab some keys off of the uh, knocked-out guy, and they release Teal'c and lock the other guys up.
1: And they head off. They do. They head off down another hallway. Yeah. And so they're kind of doing their covert ops thing weapons drawn and looking around every corner and make their way to the locker room and we see that now the nasty ass hot tub is full of hathor daniel hagfish babies and Ew. i hated it
0: although it looked
1: to me more
0: than hagfish i was like this is boiled shrimp right here but yeah
1: <laughs> it's still gross it's like a little bit yeah they looked a little bit more like shrimp than they have previously but still all i saw was hagfish yeah. Jack here is unconscious on the ground, but otherwise there doesn't seem to be anybody else in the room besides Jack and all the gross hagfish babies. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, Hathor kind of like reverses up out of the water in her metal bikini. So like they clearly filmed the scene in reverse because as she rises up out of the water, her hair is completely dry and she's not like dripping wet or anything. She's not wet at all. Yeah. She picks up O'Neill and starts leading him to the bath. And tells him that he's going to feel much better once he gets his Gua'uld. She says the strongest of the larvae will soon find Jack's new womb and move into it. And I hated everything about that <laughs> phrase. And then he can begin his service to her. But I was confused here because in a previous episode, they had mentioned that like the on the um, baby genocide episode... They had mentioned that the guaul that they had collected was a little bit too young for implantation. Yeah. So why is it now all of a sudden okay for them to all be implanted like the day that they're born here? Maybe she just doesn't have another choice. I don't know. I guess. Maybe. Or maybe she's like a super breeder. <laughs> maybe. Has extra powerful babies. Maybe
0: maybe boiling them like that grows them faster. <laughs> maybe boiling,
1: boiling the babies makes them mature more quickly. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> After she puts him in the bath, though, she just leaves. she just leaves. <laughs> just why? <laughs> it, it made no sense to me that she would just leave him like completely unguarded and not like wait for the process to happen. That's, like that's
0: her one jafar and all her babies, <laughs> right? Exactly.
1: <laughs> you would think she might care a little bit about what's happening, and like even if she didn't like care about watching it happen, you might want to think she would want to stay there to ensure it happened. Maybe she was that confident she had total control. I guess. Yeah. But... Yeah. (laughs) So after she leaves, Dr. Fraser, Tilk, and Sam come up from where they were hiding and pull O'Neill out of his nasty-ass bath. And they lay him down, and it gets worse because Dr. Fraser reaches in to his pouch to confirm that there's new goo old in there, and it's yellow and slimy Uh... and disgusting. And uh, it does turn out that he does not have a new hagfish passenger. But Tilk says that Jack's immune system would have been destroyed at this point. So if he doesn't have a old, he is going to die soon. Buzzkill. Yeah, right? Come on, Tilk. Give us a little joy.
0: They just saved Always Jack. Always so serious.
1: Yeah. Why so serious?
0: They're on the move again. Uh, Sam and uh, Dr. Fraser are walking ahead of Tilk, who's got Jack over his shoulders. I mean, they bring him to the sarcophagus and dump him in there, presumably to heal him. Teal'c says he's seen the chamber do many miracles. They shut Jack in, and it closes so
1: slowly (laughs) and dramatically. Yeah, I noticed that, too. It took forever to close.
0: (laughs) So another door to the gate room opens, and two men just come in and open fire on uh, Sam and uh, Jack Frazier and Teal'c. As they try to duck for cover behind the sarcophagus. As Fraser's trying to get away, she whips around and returns fire, but then gets hit. And then Teal'c also gets hit while Sam is hiding behind. Hathor comes in
1: and the sarcophagus just then opens by itself. Which, mm-hmm. sure. I think it did in the it, movie too, once it had finished its
0: turkey So why, why didn't it pop Hathor out anytime in the thousands of years she was in
1: there? Oh yeah, that's a good I question know. too. I don't know. I seem like I it, in the movie it seemed yeah, to be opening by that's itself, true. but maybe whoever, maybe there's a locking mechanism on the vehicle. Door, <laughs> maybe they didn't know.
0: set the timer
1: for her. <laughs> maybe.
0: <laughs> um, well, anyway, the sarcophagus opens up,
1: and uh,
0: Hathor orders the firing to stop because she wants to make sure her new Jaffa is okay. Now she cares. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> and like she can't make new ones. I don't know.
1: It didn't seem to take a lot of effort to just hug a know. guy.
0: <laughs> no. And Jack just pops out of the coffin, though, and he's got no pouch anymore and is like, what's going on? I don't remember a thing. And she uh, sparkle blings from her hand this time, not her belly, and hits the mm-hmm. uh, device that gets very lightning-y and they all make their way out of the room before it, the, it, the sarcophagus actually explodes. <laughs> yes. Jack rolls to the ground with his shirt open, and Sam asks, he asks if Sam is okay, and she's like, it's good to have you back. I don't know why I said he had his shirt open. That was, I might have had a point about that, but I didn't write it down.
1: <laughs> well, probably oh, the point is that you can that's see that right. he's that's intact right. Later now. Yeah,
0: okay, because after that, they open the gate door to survey the damage that this explosion just called, uh, caused. Excuse yeah. me. <laughs> um and sam oh then sam asks if she can have a look at him and that's that's why okay yep. so she she says he was wounded so we get to see jack's belly up close and she's like wow Jeez. it's a miracle and jack's like crunches which that took me three <laughs> listens to figure out what he said too i didn't notice that at all yeah. that's great. <laughs> <laughs> i enjoy that
1: um <laughs> Frasier and Teal get off to the infirmary to treat their gunshot wounds. and uh, Can I mention that crunches are actually one of the worst abdominal exercises that it, you can do? Them? Yeah. They're really bad for your spine. This was the 90s. It, I don't know. I feel like
0: the 90s was a crunch time. It was yeah. a very crunch time. And so their own plan now is to go after Hathor, even though she's guarded by their own men so they leave the gate room still formulating their plan and they're like we've got tranquilizer tranquilizer guns carter's like i didn't see any jack's like they're in lockup supply room c or something and she's like that'd be nice if someone had told me jack's like that's your tax dollars
1: at work i, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I like okay also he's like this is the military we always have more than uh, we okay. need okay <laughs> like. Yeah, not so much, but that's the the <laughs> joke. but um also we should probably mention that Dr. Fraser and Tilk are both fine. They no, did not die no. from their gunshot wounds. They did get up afterwards and Jack ordered them. They to be survived,
0: they went to the infirmary, the other folks got tranquilizer darts to go take care of the Hathor problem.
1: Next we're back in the locker room and Hathor has returned to her nasty ass <laughs> hagfish bath, which I can only imagine how bad it must smell in there. Ugh. With boiling hagfish, because I know cold fish, hag, cold fish, I know cold hagfish smell really rancid, so I can only imagine how badly they smell when they're (laughs) boiling. Daniel is sitting next to her and kind of doting on her, and Hathor demands that the woman that they call Carter be brought before her so that she can gain retribution. Daniel says that Captain Carter deserves to be punished, but that she didn't actually know what she was doing, so Hathor should show her mercy, but Hathor says that Carter deserves no mercy and can only make amends through her death. Suddenly, Sam jumps out from her hiding place, from a hiding place, and takes a bunch of guys out with tranquilizer darts, and Hathor sparkle blinks Sam across the room (laughs) and says... That Jack, who has also come out of hiding now, has failed her, but will not fail her again. So she reaches up with her sparkle bling hand and is about to bling Jack when Sam apparently is totally fine after flying several feet back and hitting her head against the wall. She's fine, gets up and shoots Hathor, who then collapses into the hagfish tank and it bursts into flames. Yeah! Somehow, Somehow it all bursts into Somehow. flames. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of people come in with fire extinguishers and they're putting out the fire, but we hear an alarm going off, saying that there is an unauthorized heat activation. Did you see her slip
0: out the door in that scene? Yeah, I did not. Did so you? I've seen in previous. Yeah, oh, she really? like slips out the the back way of the locker room there.
1: Yeah, Interesting.
0: but so I've seen that in the past. But in this what this uh this time when I watched it, I also could kind of see the wisps of her like rising out of the tub again. Through, like, the steam and whatnot and the fire. It was interesting.
1: Oh, I totally missed that. I actually thought it was
0: really cool. I hadn't noticed that before. Nice. Good watch. Well, I'm going to have to go rewatch that scene after this. But she does slip out the back, and that's a little, that's a little bit more obvious. But it's still not, like, yeah. attention is not drawn to it as she does it. Yeah, interesting. So, with the unauthorized activation, uh, Sam and Jack make their way to the control room and open the blast doors to find Hathor standing in front of an open Stargate. Yes. I have a question.
1: There's a pre-recorded message going off here that says, Unauthorized gate activation, all hands to the gate room. Oh. Why did Sam and Jack run to the control room instead? <laughs> I don't know. They could have stopped Hathor if they had gone to the actual gate room, possibly. But no, they went to the control room where they were too late because by the time that they were opening the blast door, she was already about to go I have no through.
0: answer for that. SG-1 just does what SG-1 does. <laughs> and no one, not even uh, General Hammond, can question that. Absolutely. Without, or at least they can ask questions, but then he just comes around to their way of thinking anyway. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did not I did not hear that full message, so thank you for pointing that out. Of course. Um, so then Hathor goes through the gate. Um, they are able to determine that she did go to Chulak, so they, they know where she went anyway, and they're like, we have to go after her jack just kind of stares and is like we
1: will but not right now yeah but why not right now my though? my
0: thought was they're a little bit uh i guess they're too disheveled scattered. and scattered yeah from yeah. what just happened yeah um, and daniel's all of a sudden like what happened i blacked out what's going on <laughs> carter says that she must be in yeah. proximity of her of of uh, hathor in order for the uh the pixie dust to continue to affect them and jack's like control what daniel's like what are you talking about <sighs> yeah yeah
1: back in the locker room there's some black ooze running down the side of the bathtub mm. that fraser and some lab assistant are collecting And she mentions that they're going to try to analyze it to learn more about the world and maybe even get some DNA information. And Daniel's like, yeah, a lot of that's probably going to be mine DNA. (laughs) Jack's like, ew. Ew. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So does that mean they eventually remembered what happened or they guessed what happened based on what they...
1: Yeah, I don't know that either because also here Hammond comes in and Sam is about to try to explain to him about the head injury. And I was like, why would Sam try to explain to him? Because they had lost their memories. So just don't say anything, Sam, and you'll be (laughs) fine. And I don't know. They don't really address that because they had (laughs) forgotten, but apparently now they all know what happened. But anyway, as Sam is trying to actually talk to Hammond and apologize for his uh, concussion that he now has, he cuts her off and says that he is putting – sam and dr fraser up for commendation what about the other women though i asked that too and so sam's like you are and he's like if you hadn't kept your wits about you we could have put this whole planet at risk so nice job ladies and he of course emphasized the word ladies which i thought did not need to be done he could have just said nice job people (gasps) nice job captain nice job doctor nice job Crewmen, nice job. Soldiers, nice job. Anything but ladies. But he had to emphasize ladies. And Jack's like, nice job. And Daniel's like, yeah, nice job. And then Sam and Dr. Frazier look super happy. And that's the end of the episode. It is the end of the episode. (laughs) Whoo! Yeah. This is a long one. It felt like a long one. A lot happened and there was a lot of dialogue in it. I actually have Several pages extra of notes, even than I normally have for a regular episode. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of a lot of stuff yes, happens. Quite. I don't know,
1: but without them ever leaving this SGC, right? And there <laughs> were actually, I feel like there were like fewer scenes too, but the scenes that they had were all longer and had a lot more yeah. stuff involved and things happening in each scene. Yeah, but I did actually like so, it overall. I found it to be an enjoyable yeah. episode. It was a nice change of pace from the last episode, which was super heavy. It was quite entertaining there were several spots where i literally laughed out loud and i am not typically a laugh out loud when i'm in a room by myself person but i did a couple times with this episode so i enjoyed it how about you
0: i i also enjoyed it um trying to think what i (laughs) why i enjoyed it i think i liked that i mean i liked the like take charge ladies uh part of it um agree even some of it's a little weird yeah. but i liked it i liked uh, some of the very 90s things about this episode it was a little heavy-handed like, at times like see ladies yeah. are
1: important and good soldiers too you. Thank- yeah thanks. <laughs> but uh that's okay it's also
0: like it's not a bad message i mean yeah so... obviously it's
1: a good message that i agree with but it seemed right it did feel a little bit f- forced
0: <laughs> yeah i think i liked that there were some funny minute yeah. moments minutes there were many funny, funny minutes Yes,
1: um, there were gross there moments were many too gross moments that I hated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a little bit more um, information about how the ghouls operate. We did, And that they have these queen-type creatures that can give birth to babies in tubs, and that they also have to be compatible with their hosts. Because I think we've already seen
1: that they had other hosts in the past. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to know where the Jaffa come from, because I guess they're just technically humans that have gotten a special hug. Yeah. (laughs) At some point. I guess so. That is interesting, too. Once they they have their gross pouch, do they pass it on to their offspring, I wonder? Or do they all have to receive a special hug at some point?
0: I feel like they must pass it on, because... Well, I guess if you're so indoctrinated, you would always just do it. But I feel like they are. We already saw that they already have like a rite of passage yeah. for their children, which involved getting the gold, but not like having a pouch. Maybe right. it's like their version of circumcision. <laughs> like they just yes. Not that that is universal in this right. world, but <laughs> there are a lot of people I think these days who don't get it for re- or have their children circumcised for religious reasons. Right. So. I don't know. Or maybe they just give birth to them like that. <laughs> they give birth to them circumcised? That's that's not <laughs> how that works, Kathy. That is not what I meant, and you know that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is not actually a thing. <laughs> but being born with pouches is... Oh, gross. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what are we watching next? Unless you had anything else you wanted to say about... No,
0: I, I mean, I think I've mangled my, uh, talking about that enough. Um, let's see. What is next? SG1 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Season one, episode 14, Singularity. The team rescues a little girl who survived a deadly disease Only to find she's a human time bomb designed by the gold to destroy the Stargate. Oh Oh my god. (laughs) That sounds very crazy.
1: Dramatic. Such dramatic. Such dramatic. Well, that's it for us today. If you would like to contact us, you can do so at Stargatesing at com or via Twitter. We are at Stargatesing. You can also find us on Facebook, on our page, or in our new Facebook group. I guess not really so much new anymore, but in our Facebook group. You can also find us on com slash Stargatesing if you are feeling generous and would like to contribute on a monthly basis. And you can find our podcast on pretty much any podcatcher that you would like to listen to. So please hit that subscribe button if you like what you're hearing. Or you can check us out on YouTube as well. And last but not least, we have our awesome website at StargateSing.Space. I am Mary. I'm Kathy. <laughs> this has been StargateSing. <laughs> the end. The end. <laughs> cookies, cookies. <laughs> sorry i'm sniffly i do think i have an allergy to hops a mild allergy oh. to hops. so you'd think i would stop drinking beer but well, no. i just assumed you had covid but no oh, yeah it's, it's probably you know. COVID. i only get sniffly when i've been drinking beer lately <laughs> that's so weird um, so I'm trying to not sniffle right into the microphone, and obviously I'll cut it out when I'm editing, but if I'm grossing you out, I apologize. Oh no, I didn't even notice you pointed it out, so
0: okay. I'm also very sad to hear that you have an allergy to hops, so.
1: Yeah, I get, my face gets really hot when I drink it, and drink beer, and then I get really sniffly. But not wine. Not wine. Womp, womp. Actually. Beer is lovely. But I love beer, no. so it's not going to stop me. <laughs> Here we are.